This is episode number nine. I'm your host, Richard Vincenti Jr., and thank you so much for joining us again as we jump into another wonderful episode. We have something cool. We have a, a review. We have a product review to, to discuss this time around, and uh, it's a pretty good one. So uh, a lot of folks out there might uh, benefit from this device, and uh, heck, I went ahead and reviewed it and did some testing on my own, and you can go right there on the website, geekwithenvy.com, and read the full review. But we're going to give you a little bit of a taste right now through the podcast, uh, if you haven't been to the website. Did a review of the Kadiji Universal Desktop Cradle for iPad. And uh, I was sent this. This was sent to me by Mobile Fun. You can get all kinds of products similar to the one that I have reviewed at mobilefun.com. They have tons and tons of uh, accessories for iPad, iPhone, tablets, Kindle, and any other devices that you can uh, you can think of. They have them at mobilefun.com. Uh, so yeah, the Kadiji Universal Desktop Cradle for iPad. Pretty cool. Overall, a very good product. I um, when I'm working on the podcast, like I am right now, or when I'm doing uh, articles or doing anything, really, uh, I multitask. And it's absolutely necessary that I have more than one screen in front of me. I, I just uh, couldn't imagine trying to get everything that I get done on one monitor. It's very difficult. And one of those monitors that I use, or one of those screens, is the iPad. The iPad is super handy to have right next to me. I have a laptop or a desktop and then your iPad. And I can quickly look uh, look up things. Uh, a lot of times I'll use the iPad to make sure that websites are displaying correctly and links are working and certain things specific for mobile are working. But also I can use it for a quick uh, updater, check some news or something like that on the side while I work on some uh, some HTML or something like that or whatever I'm working on at the time. And I can have something else open on another screen, maybe uh, some kind of social media program. So I've got three screens going sometimes. And one of the things I find that's kind of annoying is uh, I have a really nice case for this, for the iPad. And it's very uh, protective. It's like a leather almost, or uh, well, it's actually more like a cloth. And it's a hard case, and it has the three-fold, the tri-fold on the front. So that way you can take that flap and put it in the back and kind of stand up the iPad a little bit. Now this is handy and it's not bad and it works in a lot of situations and it can be very helpful but I notice that a lot of times when I'm working at the desk uh, it doesn't seem to be quite the right angle. It's not exactly where I'd want this thing to be. I want it more you know upright and also it doesn't really work very well if you want to stand the 
if you want to use the iPad in an upright orientation. It's really designed for a horizontal orientation, which is also nice, but sometimes I like to have the upright orientation. And not to mention, it would be nice uh, to have the, uh, the device charged, too, while it's in that position. And the Universal Desktop Cradle from Kadiji does just that. It puts it in an upright position, and it, it has a, uh, a, a connector on it, so that way a 30-pin connector, so I can connect it to my computer, or I can continue to charge. My particular device will charge the iPad 3rd generation right on the stand. So pretty cool desktop cradle. Works really well. The cradle comes with a USB cord, which allows you to connect your, uh, to your computer directly to your Apple charger, uh, or directly to your computer, through the cradle itself. It uses the 30-pin connector now, so this is everything pre-4th gen. So this is for iPad, iPad 2, the 3rd gen iPad, and earlier iPhone models before the lightning connector. So this is that 30-pin connector in the cradle. And what's really cool about that 30-pin connector is that it's also adjustable. So you can move it forward and you can move it backwards uh, to really, you know, make sure your device sits well inside the cradle. So it, it, it's a really good device overall, and it works again with iPhones too. You can put your iPod Touch in there. Anything with a 30-pin connector will fit in this cradle, and it fits really well. The other thing about this is it looks really nice. It's got an Apple-esque look to it. It's very clean. It's very simple, and it gets the job done, and that's what I like uh, in products like this. I'm looking for something that is uh, straightforward and does what I need it to do. The other thing is uh, I like it to be stable. Now, the only thing that I had an issue with with this dock was it just wasn't as stable as I would want it to be. Now, I didn't ever feel like my device was just going to fly off and fall over, but it was just a little bit more wobbly, a little wobbly uh, when it came to pushing. Now, I was pushing pretty hard, and normal usage, you wouldn't really have to press that hard. I mean, the iPod, the iPad uh, has a very sensitive screen, and there's really no need to push hard on it. But just for the heck of it, I was just kind of giving it a tap, and it, and it wobbles a little bit when you apply a lot of pressure, but during normal usage, it shouldn't hold up just fine. Otherwise, uh, this device is great. It has uh, a couple features, including data hot sync, charging on your desk with the cradle. The connector is easy to adjust, fits all iPods and iPhones, including the iPad, that have a 30-pin connector. And you can use it while you keep a silicon case or leather case on your iPad, or iPhone in the cradle. That's really nice. That's a really nice feature. You don't have to remove. In most cases, you won't have to take off your outer case. Now, if you have one of these trifold cases and it's really thick, you may have difficulty, especially if it's uh, you know your iPad isn't flush or it's way down in there and the edge of your case is really pushing it far away. Then it may might not fit. But in most cases, if you have uh, a really nice firm-fitting case like the silicone, uh, silicone ones or the um, or the leather ones that just fit real snugly on it. You should have no problem leaving that on while you set that in the cradle. So, good product. And again, you can look that up on uh, the Geek with Envy website. And there's a full review there. We've got some pictures on there. And that is the Kadiji Universal Desktop Cradle for iPad. So, pretty cool. Uh, hopefully we'll get uh, a chance to look at some more products in the future.
I love doing that. I love testing out products because uh, I know personally that I'm always looking for uh, reviews and things like that. They're extremely helpful and hopefully I can do the same for you. We can kind of walk you through it, take a look at the device, let you know what the pluses and minuses are on it and really help you make an educated decision when you go out to buy a new device. Alright, so we've got some news here, some gaming news. Uh, there has been a lifetime ban put in place for a League of Legends pro who goes by the name I Will Dominate. Uh, his uh, real name is Christian Riviera, or Rivera, and uh, he has been served a lifetime ban from the esports team of developer Riot Games. Rivera completed professionally, or competed professionally as part of a team. This is for the game League of Legends. This should come to, uh, as no surprise to those who follow him as he has been in trouble eight times before and has received numerous warnings about his attitude towards other gamers. Here's a quote from the ruling. Despite the punishments and official warnings, his harassment score has risen more than 30% from early August to present date, placing him at the top of the North American pro players list among the worst 0.7% of all North American players. An official post on the League of Legends community forum states that the developer has low tolerance for this type of behavior. I've got some tough news to share with you. We take sportsmanship and player behavior very seriously, and we fundamentally believe that pro players should not be exempt from scrutiny over their behavior. Promoting good sportsmanship and improving player behavior is a mission that is extremely important to Riot, and this ruling is a reflection of our commitment. Now, this is one of those things, this is one of those subjects where uh, it gets a little tricky. In some instances, some people won't defend situations like this and other people will uh, will say yeah they absolutely made the right call and others will just say no that's ridiculous you know it's a competition people are going to freak out but honestly uh, if you look at professional sports if you look at professional gaming as a professional sport and I do I take it you know I, I look at it very seriously you know these guys are at the top of their game they're professionals and they should be acting professional and there's really no need to be I mean come on you're you're at the top of your game there's really no need to, to just uh, pile on like this and just act and carry on the way that this, this guy has been acting on. I mean, he's a great player. You're awesome. Why screw it up? Why, why throw it away by being a complete jerk? You know, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you've, you've got this great opportunity to do what you love and be a professional at it, and not many people can achieve that level. Uh, you know status, and you just throw it all away because you you get a temper tantrum. I mean that's that's ridiculous, and uh, I think a lot of pro gamers, you know, many pro gamers can get angry, but still continue on and, and don't act ridiculous. You know, and they go on to have great careers. So uh, it's definitely avoidable, and it, it's worth taking a few steps to just bring it down a notch. You know, especially if you've been. I think, especially if you've been elevated to that level, you need to just take on the responsibility of, you know, being a good role model, at least while you're in, in competition. And I think it's just like any other sport, you know, you need to be competitive and whatever, but you need to do that, uh, you know, in a way that's professional. So now that he's got a lifetime ban and it's just absolutely ridiculous, um, you know, you just throw away all of it. You just threw the whole thing away. And... 
you know, people get a break here and there for, for freaking out from time to time, but obviously getting in trouble eight times prior and just pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, it's like, uh, all right, the guy's loose cannon, right? <laughs> I mean, he's just freaking out. There's really no point. And now I don't even feel bad. It sucks. I mean, I feel a little bad because it's like, okay, that blows. You know, you just get overly emotional or whatever in the heat, but heat of the game, but I mean, it's, it's all on you, man. It's all on the, it's all on him. I mean, that's, uh, there's not much we can do about it at this point. The ruling's done to move on. I guess, um, I guess that's the end of it, but it's just sad to hear that kind of crap going on, especially, like I said before, it's one of those things that there's a lot of gamers out there that would love to be in his position. And if the only thing is to keep the, if the only thing you have to do to keep a gig like that is just not be a jerk, uh, I mean, come on, really? So I don't know. Easier said than done, right? No, I don't know about that. I I, I just refuse to believe that. There's just a there's too many other uh, pro gamers out there that handle their business just what just fine, and they can continue on. Oh, they've all had bad moments. And, and from what I'm reading, it's not even that he's having bad moments. It's just that he's just, uh, he in many cases, he's winning and just tearing apart guys for no reason. So uh, I have no idea. There's really not much to speak about that, I guess. You know, it's going to happen. But uh, sad to hear that. Definitely sad to hear that kind of stuff going on. Are you a classic games fan? I've mentioned this a couple of times on the website and in earlier podcasts. I know I am. I love. Uh, I get nostalgic for old games, and heck, I was playing Warcraft 2 earlier today, and uh, I was loving it, man. Tides of Darkness and all that good stuff. Well, if you are interested in old DOS games, and I mean, who the heck isn't? I mean, if you have never even played some of these games, you should at least check them out. Even if you're too young to know what these games are, just go and check them out. You can kind of see what history was all about in video games, and you don't really have to do anything other than go to a website and load them up. That's the great part about them. Yes, over 300 DOS games for free on the web. Now, granted, not all of these games are full versions or anything like that. Some of this stuff is shareware, but hey, it's enough to get the old nostalgia going, uh, nostalgia going, and it uh, lets you play them, and heck, it's, it's, it's awesome. I'm glad to see that somebody put in uh, the hard work to do this. Now, the site does kind of get around. You're thinking, okay, well, how could this be possible? Because there's a lot of really good titles on here. Aren't they going to get shut down? Is this one of those crappy websites? No, this is actually a pretty cool website. It's totally, it seems totally legit as far as uh, how they're handling it too. Because, like I said, most of it is freeware or shareware. So I don't think they're going to be getting shut down anytime soon. I don't see any uh, problems coming up in the future. In fact, they mention right on the website. The highest ideals of this site are to support the authors by providing links to their websites and ordering information for the full versions of the games that are still sold, and to encourage the authors of classic games to preserve their games for future generations by making them available for sale or as freeware. If you enjoy a shareware game, please consider buying it from the author. All the games on this site are freely distributable because they are shareware, freeware, or because the copyright holder has officially and legally released all rights to public domain. In other words, abandonware. So, like I said, it seems totally legit. Uh, all the games that I was able to see, all the titles I were, was able to see, are, uh, looked like they were shareware. I didn't see any full version stuff out there, at least that uh, I knew 
was still being sold or still had copyrights. So, and it works really well. The other thing is you don't have to have an emulator or anything. You just go to the website, you click the game, it opens up right in your browser, and bam, you have a chance to go right back in the past. You don't have to go looking for CDs you don't have anymore just because you go, oh, remember that game? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, and then you go on these websites. There's a lot of them out there that are illegal and have all kinds of crapware on it. And uh, you don't have to worry about that. You just jump on the site, find your game title, click on it. It opens up in an emulator right inside the window of the browser, and you can get started. It's amazing. It's a great collection, and I was really appreciative. Uh, I found this. I stumbled on this website through PC Gamer, and uh, I had to share because it was just it was too cool. It was way too cool. Speaking of things that are just way too cool, uh, Star Trek. Star Trek Into Darkness, we put the teaser trailer up on geekwithenvy.com. If you haven't seen it, uh, check it out now because it's awesome and there's no reason why you should hesitate. Uh, it looks amazing. And it will be uh, supposed to be hitting theaters on 5-17-13. So it looks really good. I don't know if you've seen it, but it looks intense. It looks very dark and very serious, and I love that. And I'm super excited about it. And if you're a fan of Benedict Cumberbatch, yes, that's Benedict Cumberbatch. If you're not familiar with him, he stars in Sherlock Holmes on the BBC. Uh, then you're in luck because he has made its way into this next chapter of the Star Trek universe too. So check out that teaser trailer on geekwithenvy.com. I'm, I'm almost positive you're going to love this. Now there's always going to be somebody who's like, oh, I don't like this. And the weird thing is, there's only like a five minute trailer, not even, I don't even know how long the trailer is, but it's like, it, how can you gather any relevant information about a movie within the trailer? I mean, I guess it's fine. I mean, everyone's entitled to opinion. But it, like already, I've seen stuff like, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, the way it's filmed, it just looks like, and you know, I got this. And it's like, dude, <laughs> the movie's not even out yet. Give it a, give it a breath of a chance, man. But most people overwhelmingly seem to be excited about this new Star Trek movie, and I am, and I'm pumped up about it. And Into the Darkness again, five seventeen thirteen. That's twenty thirteen. So, uh, oh, still a ways yet. And it's going to be quite a few months before this thing hits theaters, but hey, that gives us plenty of time to get excited about it, right? So again, geekwithemmy.com, Star Trek Into the Darkness teaser trailer. Check it out now. And we have more featured apps making their way onto the website. Thanks to Carleen, who has posted the next featured app, The Simpsons Tapped Out. Yes, The Simpsons Tapped Out. I've actually had a chance to play this game. It is fun. There are many games like this out for the iPad now, or in a lot of touch devices, where you collect money and you build experience by building buildings and doing things like that. And this is no exception to the rule, except for, of course, it includes The Simpsons, which are awesome. The Simpsons Tapped Out starts out with Homer accidentally destroying Springfield in a nuclear meltdown. Well, that seems highly likely, considering we all know how responsible Homer Simpson is when he's working, right? You, the player, are tasked with rebuilding Springfield and finding all the people who once lived there. You will be given quests to rebuild each house, restaurant, and store that you know from the show. Every time you finish a building, you will get the character that goes with it. Example, Quickie Mart will give you a poop. If you tap on a character, you will be given a list of tasks that they can do. These tasks can take a few from anywhere from a few seconds to a few days. Once they have finished their task, you will receive the in-game rewards. 
Like most of these games, you are given timers for pretty much everything you do, with the option to buy stuff with real money, of course. Now, a lot of apps are asking for your money out of your pocket in order to make the game uh, go a little faster, and hey, whatever, I think it's silly. Um, but, you know, uh, either way, it's incorporated that option, so if you feel like throwing down a little bit, you can speed things up, I'm sure, and benefit from that greatly. In the app, you can buy donuts to either speed up timers, purchase buildings and decorations. You will get donuts by leveling, but it's super slow. And the prices for stuff sold for donuts is not cheap. So you know how that works. They uh, they want you to pay if you can. Otherwise, you'll have to wait it out. But uh, no big deal. The game is still super fun. Definitely an enjoyable game. You don't have to throw any money down and just take a little longer. Uh, the game has kept me hooked since I started playing a few months ago. They update with seasons and holidays, so you get new quests all the time. It's definitely worth trying, especially since it is free. That is available for iOS at the App Store, and you can also check out their Facebook page at The Simpsons Tapped Out. So, yes, check out geekwithenvy.com. You can check out some of the photos there from the app and read the full review on geekwithenvy.com. Thanks to Carlene for that review. All right. Windows 8 fans, Windows 8 users, maybe you're not a fan of Windows 8, but you're using it because you installed it and you don't want to uninstall it and because it takes too long and all your stuff is there and it's you're stuck with it now, like me. Or maybe you talk about it as part of your job, like me, and you kind of have to have it. Or maybe you really enjoy it. I don't know. Uh, I actually don't feel like I'm, I'm really stuck with it. I... I could go back at any time, and right now I'm actually doing okay. I'm in there. I'm working on Windows 8. I've been throwing in the Windows up, uh, Windows 8 updates in every podcast now, uh, just because it kind of evol- it evolves, you know. I mean, uh, as you continue to use something more and more, you kind of get a feeling whether or not you really like this thing or not. But Windows 8 so far, I'm still finding the same thing that I uh, mentioned before. I'm still spending about 98% of my time on the desktop. I do not use the tile system hardly at all, and uh, I really don't. I really don't. Most of the applications I use are not inside the new Windows 8 Metro-style screen, Uh, so I'm finding it it useful in some ways, but most of it, I, I've really, I've kind of set up shop right there on the desktop. I even made shortcuts for the control panel and stuff, and I have them pinned to my, my task bar, since it's not really a start menu anymore, a start bar. And I'm finding one thing super annoying, and that is, when I go, I shut down my computer every night. I don't let it go to sleep. A lot of my other devices, I will let them go into a rest or sleep or hibernation. My desktop computer uh, it probably uses the most power out of anything in my house, and it's always plugged into the wall, right? So I want that thing shut down when I can to conserve power, and why the heck does it need to be on, right? Now, I know the standby is there, but whatever. I like to shut it down. And I find it a real pain in the butt in Windows 8. It is not very intuitive when it comes to shutting it down. It is really difficult. If you have Windows 8, you probably know what I'm talking about. It's like the first time you went to shut down your computer, you have to, there's no way you can't tell me that you weren't like looking around, at least for a minute. You were kind of like, wait, uh, I want to shut this thing down. Okay. All right. There's no start bar. All right. No problem. We'll just go to the new, the new fancy new tile screen. Okay. 
Alright, there's got to be a shutdown around here somewhere. Oh, well, you know, right, I guess we'll have to go to the Charms Bar. Maybe there's something over here. No, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll click the cogwheel. Maybe I'll go to Settings. Oh, 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 here it is, here it is. Buried in the Settings tab in the Charms thing, there's a shutdown option. And it's like, okay, well, that's a pain in the butt under the power. Okay, there's a little power icon down there. Yeah, that's how you shut it down that way. What a pain in the butt, right? And then the other thing that you can do to shut down your computer through Windows 8 is you can go ahead, go back to the tile screen, click your name, sign out, lift the lock screen, and then you have an option to shut down from there. Another pain in the butt way to shut down. There's no super fast way to shut down or restart your computer, which is really silly. They need to fix that. They need to make that easier because I think it's silly. Well, as of right now, you there is a workaround. There's no need to fear. There's no reason to get upset. We have a workaround for you. It is a simple shortcut. And if you head to geekwithenvy.com and if you've been on there, it'll show you step by step how to make this shortcut to shut down your computer with one or, well, a double click will shut down your computer. You can put the icon right on your desktop. You basically are creating a shortcut that allows you to use the shutdown command with a few switches that will allow you to turn off the computer immediately. And I've been using it ever since. And it's super easy. I just go right to my desktop. I even put a little power icon on it. I chose the shortcut icon to be a power logo. And it is awesome. So head to the Geek with Envy website and check that out now on how to make that shortcut. And it'll make your life so much easier when you go to shut down Windows 8. And in the meantime, Microsoft, if you could please just give us an easier way to shut down the computer. That would be nice. Among other things, among the laundry list of issues that we're having with the UI, if you could just throw down and put the shutdown button somewhere convenient, that would be much, much appreciated. You guys have done a lot of hard work on it, but uh, that's one of those things that needs to be fixed. Also, Apple. Apple is up to, what is Apple up to nowadays? Well, they are planning on creating more U.S. jobs. That's something I am absolutely all about. Of course, all of us are, right? We need some work here. It's always good to have jobs here in the United States, especially from large companies like Apple. These corporations often go overseas. It's actually part of the process now. Globalization. We are in the globalization era, and that is what you do to survive as a business and to save money, right? Well, there are some awesome questions being asked out there, and a great question was asked of Tim Cook. Apple CEO, in an interview with Bloomberg last week, in which the question was, "Where are what are the obligations of an American company to be patriotic, and what do you think that means in a globalized era? Cook replied with, I do feel we have a responsibility to create jobs. I don't think we have a responsibility to create a certain kind of job, but I think that we do have a responsibility to create jobs. Further in the discussion, Cook mentioned that businesses are often being evaluated by the number of employees that a company has in order to deduce what kind of job growth they have contributed to over the year. He went on to mention that this is an outdated technique and that Apple, for example, has created jobs in many other ways. One of the ways that Apple has indirectly created jobs is by offering entrepreneurs a way to be successful through software development and utilizing the App Store. And that is absolutely 110% true. The App Store 
has created a whole new world for these app developers to exist in and to get their products out and to sell millions of them. I mean, many companies have blown up because of the App Store, and that is an Apple thing. And that absolutely should count towards job creation. They are definitely creating jobs and, and, and infusing money into the economy and helping businesses by being by just having the app store there and that's something that Microsoft will hopefully start to do for uh, with their app store now with their Windows store now hopefully developers will start getting involved with Windows 8 and starting to get into that little app thing and really start to blow up I mean uh, Microsoft has already done this on the Xbox allowing uh, indie gamers and any other company virtually uh, to, to get a, a great plat starting platform for their software right there on the Xbox. I mean, the XNA thing and all that is just absolutely awesome. And it is it has never been, and I mentioned this in the post, there has never been a better time to be an application developer. If you want to build a game or whatever the heck you want to build, if you want to make a tool, you want to make a weather app, you want to make a game, I mean, now is the best time ever to do that. You have so many ways to get your software out there and recognized and to it's just it's absolutely amazing when you think about it. I mean 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I mean think about some of the pine like these old school software developer come like these like id and uh blizzard and all these companies and whatever Old school Activision and all this stuff. I mean, think about like what they had to do to get their titles out to the public and to get them to the masses and to sell them and to make them amazing. And yes, it does still take uh, a lot of work to make a great, for example, game, but it can be done a lot easier than it used to be. It is much easier. The tools we have now today are amazing. And uh, just the distribution end of it, getting your product packaged and made and physically made on discs and packaged in boxes and then shipping those boxes out and having that done, the logistics of everything, and getting that all over the country, I mean, that is such a big wall for anybody who's not a company, a large company, or even a small company, for that to ha make that happen. And today, you don't even have to have that. That doesn't even, you don't even have to have that exist. Angry Birds, great example, wouldn't have had to have made any, a single disc, wouldn't have had to do anything, never had to make a package, never had to make a physical disc, nothing, it just, bam, millions and millions sold, and they do it, but they can, they can now, but they would not have, they would absolutely not have had to do that, 10, 20 years ago, you would, that, that's the old way, they would have had to work that way, now, it's like, man, it is the best time to make stuff for a computer, for make apps and software. So, uh, and, and Apple is partly responsible for that, and Windows is now going to be partly responsible for that, or Microsoft. So, it's an awesome time for that, and he's absolutely dead on when he says that. Uh, so, back to the job creation now that Apple is talking about. They're actually taking it a step further uh, by creating a more, taking a more direct approach as Cook mentioned, by bringing some Mac production back to the United States. So uh, there could be as many as 200 new jobs in the U.S. with Apple's effort to bring work back home. 
This, of course, would be great news for a tough U.S. economy, and many of those jobs will be manufacturing jobs that offer a pay from anywhere to 30k to 65k a year. That's a good living. That's all. It's good money. Uh, so those are good manufacturing jobs. That's great money. And it's Apple. You know, that's a great company to work for, right? It's got to be awesome. I feel that any U.S. company should offer some direct employment opportunities right here in the U.S. Although it's not a requirement, it's expected. And why not reward the country that allows you to become successful in the first place? I understand the importance of a global economy, but how much risk is there in bringing even a handful of jobs back home, perhaps in areas of the country that need them the most? It's more of an investment in the stability of the U.S. economy that you grow in, albeit small. We should look at the company the way Cook mentions in the interview. We should try to see all aspects of job growth provided by a company and not just as employees. As a software developer, myself, currently by hobby, I can't help but to stand back and look at how many tools today's software companies and individuals have at their disposal. Again, that, I wrote that right in the article. It's absolutely true. It is a completely different world, and that is partly due to Apple. That it's, it's, Apple is partly responsible for that happening. Hopefully, other corporations will continue to bring back jobs to the U.S., and not just manufacturing jobs either. We need high-skilled jobs as well, but that requires that we have high-skilled workers, and our obligation is to improve our educational system to allow for better opportunities to learn the skills required for, uh, required for these jobs. Most employers don't want to spend the time and money to train new employees. They expect you to have the experience when you walk on, uh, in the door. Unfortunately, this creates a catch-22 situation. You need the experience to get the job, but no one will hire you without the experience. We need to address this issue in the U.S., and employers should work a bit closer with educators to make this problem disappear. And that is a huge thing right now. That is a huge gap. There's a big gap out there. Uh, that That's a huge problem right now. A lot of these people don't have the experience necessary to get these jobs, uh, these more high-skilled uh, jobs that are out there, but yet where are they going to get it? No one wants to hire them because they don't have the experience. They have to get the experience somewhere. And uh, in school, doesn't necessarily necessarily count as experience. I mean, they'll say, okay, well, you, you're knowledgeable. You've, you've met the requirement of getting your degree or whatever it is, your certification or whatnot, but you still don't have the year three or five years of experience we're asking for. And I, uh, it boggles my mind sometimes. I mean, where are these people going to get this stuff? Uh, because the next company is saying the same thing. And that's a problem. So there needs to be a better way to account for experience. And that is a giant gap right now. And there's a huge, it's a huge problem. It's a huge problem across the country right now. There are many, many people out there who want to work, and there's many employers who want to hire, but there's that disconnect because of the experience. And it's just silly, and we need to get over it, and we need to figure it out because we're America, and we can do this, and we just need to, we just need to figure it out and get people to work, and the companies will appreciate it, and productivity will be up, and the economy will be gold, right? So let's just do it. It's one of those big deal uh, things, and I'm really appreciative of Apple taking the effort to bring some jobs back, no matter what size, doesn't matter, build a facility here, let's make some stuff here, 
and move on. It doesn't have to be 90% of your stuff is made here. Just give us like a percent. Make 5% your goal. We're going to have 5% of our products built in the United States. Why not? Why not? You are only helping the economy that you, you know, your main company or corporation is based in. Well, how could that be such a risk? I don't understand. There, you can't be losing money on that. It's it's a small uh, small thing to ask. And uh, heck, if there's a way to bring even more back, I mean, that would be great. Now, I'm not saying pull out of every country. I mean, it's a little bit naive to say that. I mean, we obviously live in a global economy, and uh, for a company to to work worldwide is a good thing. But uh, it's just when they start shipping everything out from the U.S. and outsourcing everything, it gets a little ridiculous. It's like okay. Great, I'm glad we have jobs out there, but we should keep some here. So let's bring a few home. Let's start building some factories and let's start building some stuff here on U.S. soil. Come on, man. You know, there are people here who want to do these jobs, okay? They're here. But we got to figure out this gap between the experience, okay? And we need to set up the jobs in the first place. Then once we get there, we can move on. So good news. I'm glad to see that Apple is working on that. And uh, I was really happy to see that news. So that is, we're going to start wrapping things up here in a little bit. Uh, I just want to give you a heads up. If you, we are experiencing some problems with the podcast. Uh, if you're subscribed, you're probably not having any issue. It seems that subscribers to this podcast are getting the latest episode almost immediately as soon as it's updated, which is one of the benefits of being a subscriber to the Geek with Envy podcast. However, if you are a uh, a little more of a casual listener and you're wondering, heck, why isn't the latest episode updated in a while? Well, there is an issue with iTunes right now. We are trying to work out uh, episode number eight. Actually, the one before this episode is at this point still not correctly displaying on all uh, versions of iTunes. So we're trying to get that figured out right now. Hopefully this podcast will go up nice and quick. Um, but again, if you want to get them right away, guaranteed and, you know, without worry, subscribe. I guarantee you will get all the podcasts updated right away because that seems to be working just fine. And as always, there's more than one way to get a hold of us. If you're a fan of Geek with Envy, well then heck, like us on Facebook. Yes, we have a Facebook page. It is uh, facebook.com slash geekwithenvy. We're also on Twitter. We are also on Google+. So Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. And we also have an RSS feed that you can subscribe to to get all the latest posts from geekwithenvy.com. And we encourage you to visit the website frequently as we are always updating it. You can also find us on Technorati, technorati.com. We also have our post updating there regularly. I recommend that you go to Technorati often and check out all the other great blog posts and content that they have to offer. It brings the best of the blogosphere to your uh, website or web browser right through technorati.com. So definitely check that out. Also, another big thanks to mobilefun.com for sending us the product to do the review. We really appreciate that. And uh, we will hopefully be doing many more reviews in the future of many other products. So keep coming back for that too. And as always, thanks to Carlene for doing the uh, reviews, the top app reviews. Uh, we will be doing featured apps consistently. And uh, we're going to be throwing some Windows 8 ones out there, too. We're looking hard for those good Windows 8 applications, so uh, keep digging for those. And as always, once again, Facebook, Google+, and Twitter. Uh, I'm Richard Vincenti, Jr. Thank you so much for listening. This has 
Geek with Envy podcast episode number nine. You have a great day. <laughs>